Well, you know, I'm the only female there. So I, I take on that motherly role where I'm like cleaning. I'm like, hey, you know, pick up after yourself. So it teaches these guys a little responsibility. You know, I'm not there to pick up after them and we all need to stay safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to At WCSU, the podcast that bears the soul of Western Connecticut State University. I'm Paul Steinmetz, here with Pete Puccio, and we have a very soulful pod for you today. First, we will be talking to an alumna, Stephanie Moss, who is known by her nickname, The Boss, Stephanie The Boss Moss. She needs a nickname, and she can enforce that one because she is a boxer. She played softball when she was a student at WestCon and wanted to keep working out after she graduated. So she joined a gym and fell in love with what is actually called the sweet science. And she will explain that it's not just about pummeling someone and getting pummeled. She has a fight coming up and she tells us all about her experience. Our second guest is well known here at WestCon. He is the assistant director of the Weather Center and the person absolutely everyone goes to when they want to know what's going on outside. Whether he likes it or not. That's right. <laughs> Gary Lesser will explain the lousy February weather we had and give us cause for optimism in March. In return, we gave Gary a, a new nickname. We're now calling him Gary Greater Lesser. Get it, Pete? Uh, I get it, yeah. yeah. Get greater yeah. Lesser. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Do you think Gary's ever heard that one before? Oh, probably not. No, probably. Yeah. Well, continue listening, and you can judge for yourself whether Gary was impressed with my wordplay. I think he was. <laughs> and Pete, we will talk about our COVID situation on campus and some Again? events coming up. Oh, so yeah, everyone yeah. should stick around for that, too. <laughs> Do they have to? <laughs> <laughs> now, are you ready? Wow. Let's start our conversation with Stephanie, the <laughs> boss, Moss, which is how they do it when they're announcing boxing matches. It's a true story. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stephanie, you are a boxer, right? You're in the Golden Gloves competition. You're training to compete Yes, I am. Um, so I've already had six fights. Uh, two of my fights were, or three of my fights were in the Golden Gloves um, in Connecticut. Um, made it both to the finals, which was great. Unfortunately, lost both in the finals. Um, but it was, a, it was a lesson learned. You know, you learn so much from it. Well, um, nobody goes undefeated when they're first starting out, right? That's No, that's. That's totally true. You know, uh, a lot of people, it, um, you know, they they kind of wish failure upon you to see how you react to it in this sport. Um, you know, and it, it tests your heart. You know, if you lose, it's almost like, are you going to get back in the gym? Are you going to continue doing this? Or is this, you know, is this not for you? Is this for you? Um, so it's definitely a, a game changer with this sport. Well, that's Leads up to a lot of the questions I had, like, who thought this was a good idea to become a boxer? <laughs> Funny you say that. Um, so I actually was just trying to lose 
baby weight. I uh, I have a five-year-old. Oh. So, uh, you know, I was trying to get back in shape. I played softball at Western. Um, and, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life, and I just missed that uh, just being in shape and healthy. So I, I walked in the gym, thought that, you know, it was great cardio. I was going to lose that weight. And then all of a sudden I saw all the guys in, in the gym sparring and, and practicing. And I was like, I want to do that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's kind of how it started. So uh, when I think about boxing and I've never done it, but I think, hey, it might be kind of fun to slug somebody, but getting slugged would be the part that stopped me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of people think you just go in the ring and, and you hit away and punch as much as you can. Um, definitely as an amateur, the motto is uh, punches and bunches. That's kind of <laughs> how you win. Um, yeah. But it's actually a smart man sport. It's almost like chess. You have to be two steps ahead of your opponent. You got to set them up to know where you're going to hit them. Um, it's also offense, defense, kind of same as other sports. That defense is you know, the parry, the, the jab's going to protect you. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. all guessing game and setup. So how long did it take to learn that? I assume you're still learning that kind of thing, but uh, did it come naturally to you or who explained all that? Um, so both my coaches, um, Benny Little, he's a world champ in kickboxing. Hmm. And then Dave McDonough, um, he's been, you know, tremendous he's been around a lot of professionals in his life um the experience he's had in the corners coaching um you know they're the ones who kind of took me on you know i was the only female in the gym when i first started mm. still am and um you know they they were the only ones who kind of believed in me and took me in and you know with their knowledge and skill they're the ones who you know led the way and taught me everything i need to know um, you know, and you still continue to learn. They always told me the day you stop learning is the day you get out of the sport. Hmm. And how often do you go down and practice and every day? So um, I actually I'm there Monday through Saturday. Um, recently, I just started up with a personal trainer that they um, set me up with to build strength and conditioning for my next fight. Um, you know, weight cutting has never been a challenge for me. I've come on point with weight every time. You know, I've learned how to do it the healthy way and maintain that weight. Um, so they just, we're working on strength now, getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And what else goes into it? There's a lot of coordination, right? I mean, there's thinking, as you said, but also the physical part is, um, is uh, coordination and... Uh, moving around, right? Ah, uh, it's a it's a total different cardio than I've ever experienced in my life. Um, you know, the coaches first start out by saying, you know, you got to get in fight shape. Um, mm. That means you're they're pushing you beyond your limits that you ever think your body can can do. It's you know you're hitting seven eight rounds on the bag, hard three minute rounds, and then you're going in the ring and they're having you continuously hit. You're going to do circuit work. Um, I'll never forget my first time in the ring sparring. I gassed out the first 30 seconds because I didn't realize how much breathing actually mm -hmm. goes into the sport. Um, so it's a whole different cardio. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's harder than softball in that way? So, yes. Um, softball 
came natural to me. Um, you know, I had a great teacher growing up, which was my mom. And, uh, you know, Coach Stone at Western taught me life lessons on and off the field as well as skill. Um, she was, you know, the most amazing coach that I had for softball, you know. Um, so it definitely was different because I was naturally I wouldn't say good. I don't want to like blow, gas myself up, but you know, I did well in the sport and, mm -hmm. um, boxing. I related a lot to softball, um, you know, hitting with pivoting that back foot, same as throwing that right hand, throwing a ball to first, same thing, throwing that right hand, um, you know, and then blocking, catching a ball. It's, it, I related a lot to the sport. So it, it it's easy, but it's also difficult at the same time learning. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a frustrating sport. You know, I'm a perfectionist. So if I don't get something right away, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm like beating myself <laughs> up. <clears throat> Being an athlete all your life, though, that must help too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, at Western, when I played softball, uh, you know, we would have three practices a day. We had to maintain grades. We had a dry season at the time. I know that's changed recently. Um, so it was about discipline. And uh, by coming to the gym, a lot of people call, I guess, combat sports like a, a sport. But it's actually a lifestyle. You have to uh, you have to be willing to give things up. So, you know, I'm, I'm 29 years old. I can go out and have a drink if I want. But is that alcohol going to affect me the next day in the ring, you know? So it's, it's all about... Um, maintaining and you know being healthy yeah. i guess and what does your five-year-old think of all this <laughs> so uh when i first started which was back in october 2017 um she was two so she, i would push her in with her stroller she would take her naps in the corner and just you know be there and, um, you know, as time went on, she became like queen bee of the gym. She wants to know who's coming in. She wants to know who's sitting in her, her spot. Um, you know, and I actually, she started getting into boxing a little. Um, you know, of course, I had to have to sit down with her that we don't, you know, hit people and, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it, it's really a family thing there. And, you know, I'm a single mom, so it was hard um, having childcare. So yeah. everyone watches in the gym, you know, even though we're training, it's all, where's Emma? What's she doing? You know, that's so, cool. Yeah. And which gym is it? Um, it's Champs Boxing Gym out of Danbury. It's on East Liberty Street. Yeah. And they have had success with other boxers, too, in the past, right? Yeah, we've had, uh, well, AJ Galante, he's he's the owner of the gym. Um, he actually came from um, being the owner of the Trashers, the Danbury Trashers. Yeah, sure. And, um, you know, he had this dream of making um, a community-based gym that would help kids, you know, after school. Um, he did a lot, of, a lot of nonprofit things where, you know, kids would come bring their homework and then they would train. Um, you know, and we've had a lot of success with Golden Glove winners. We've had, um, we have a lot of pros out of the gym now. A lot of pros are coming from all over. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a few of our pros are actually getting ready for a fight in April. So it's, you know, it's a huge, diverse community. It's, you know, we have beginners who are just there to kind of do what I did, lose weight and, you know, kind of have that sense of purpose. And then you have all those high high level athletes who, 
you learn from as you go. Mm -hmm. And even though in this conversation, you aren't putting yourself with those high level athletes, you're competitive and want to win. I am uh, definitely competitive. That's, you know, and, and especially I'm not saying, you know, um, because of the whole female thing, but, you know, I felt like I had something to prove in the gym. And, you know, when I first started out, I was getting a lot of butt whoopings, you know, constantly. I was getting my butt handed to me. Um, and then as I went on, I'm like, you know, I'm tired of getting hit. Like, so I got to I gotta make changes. And, you know, I've gotten to the level where I'm on some of their, you know, some of their uh, levels, you know. Yeah. No, that's cool. And you may be the only woman at that gym, but there's certainly... Uh, women in boxing is a thing now, right? It's not that unusual. Yeah, absolutely. Women are uh, coming up in the sport. Um, for example, next week is a all-female pay-per-view event, which has never happened wow. in history. Hmm. Um, you know, so it's definitely um, changed in the game. Um, you know, I I travel to different gyms. You know, Connecticut is. You, they're still learning the the sport they're still opening gyms trying to get females into the sport um the coolest thing that i've noticed is the younger generation have gotten involved i did a lot of uh public speaking to different gyms uh, to the younger girls about my story um also you know i taught a few classes at our gym um, from ages four all the way until 12, you know, then just wanting to learn and get involved. So that's cool. Yeah. And at Westcon, what was your major? Uh, health promotion, community health. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I learned so much in that, um, that field. Um, I did a lot of nonprofit work um, throughout, af even after college. Um, I worked at South Street Elementary School in uh, Danbury, uh, the after-school program, and I worked with the YMCA. We did Race for Chase for a mm -hmm. little boy in Newtown. Um, and then actually I did my senior project in Texas at um, a middle, uh, an elementary school. In um, Texas? Yeah, El Paso, Texas. <laughs> we were right on the border of Mexico. You know, I, I went to this elementary school. Um, it was through the Boys and Girls Club there. And it just taught me a whole different mindset of life. Um, you know, they just got running water two years before I started there. Mm. Um, the kids didn't have opportunity like we have here. And it was just a game changer. It really gave me a different perspective on um kids in general sure i bet that helps you when you're coaching too in the gym or absolutely teaching. absolutely yeah and you know even at westcom we did a lot of uh fundraising to do our spring training um we worked with a lot of the um younger girls at hatters park so that kind of taught me that everyone has a different personality you know even with myself i was the type where um when I got yelled at, it really made me step up my game. And, you know, if you kind of talked to me like a baby or didn't talk to me at all, I was like, yeah, all right, I'm not, you know, it's nonchalant. Mm -hmm. So everyone has different learning and personality style. Yeah. And why did you come to Westcom? Um, so I originally was going to Springfield. Um, mm -hmm. I had a position. Uh, I got accepted to school, had my dorm and everything ready to go. Um, and then, unfortunately, my mom got sick, and hmm. I didn't want to leave 
because she, you know, it's my best friend. I wanted to be there for her. So I contacted Coach Stone. I was like, listen, I'm like, yeah, I got to, you know, I got to do something. So she went through the whole admission process with me and I stayed close to home. That's great. Yeah. And I think you're still uh, talking and associated with the HPX program. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So actually, I, uh, I'm in contact a lot with Professor Schlitt. Um, I work for Ability Beyond in mm-hmm. Bethel um, for the day program. Unfortunately, our program got shut down due to COVID. Yeah. So I got offered a, a program or a position to do Zoom. And I work with a phenomenal group of women. And uh, we put programs together for about 50 clients who hop on. And uh, Jeff actually comes on and he does the workouts on Wednesdays and Fridays. So... Um, yeah, it was cool to keep in touch and, you know, get back into the swing of things. Yeah. So do you teach them boxing moves too? Um, so my biggest role in, uh, in zoom calls is the whole, um, how to deal with COVID. We come up with fun games to keep their minds off of it. Um, because, you know, just like you and I, it's affecting these individuals that, you know, they're people, they have feelings, they have emotions, some of them can't understand it. You know, their day program was a routine for them. Right. And, uh, you know, we're needed the most right now. So, you know, we come up, we come up with fun drawings, we'll do, uh, you know, games, like I said, we have lunch bunch, we'll eat lunch with them <laughs> on, on the computer. So it's, you know, we have, we have, I just lost you there for a yeah, second. I, I got you. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's definitely it's a it's a big role. Um, we have people who come on and teach exercise, which you know we do it with them too as well. So yeah, that's cool. So you think it'll get back to normal after uh, everybody gets vaccinated? I'm hoping um, some type of norm. Yeah. Um, you know. My biggest thing is routine, just like anyone else. So getting out of that routine with COVID has been, you know, a game changer. It's been really tough to adjust. Yeah. Um, you know, especially for my daughter, like the whole being quarantined with her for almost a year now has been challenging as a parent. Um, you know, thank God she went back to school. You know, she needs that Mm -hmm. just like anyone else. We all need the socialization. So I'm hoping it, it turns around soon. Yeah. With boxing and in the gym, there must be other precautions that you have to take that the rest of us don't, right? Oh, it, it's pretty tough. Um, you know, they definitely closed down all the fights and the venues. Unless you're a pro, you have that opportunity right now. Um, amateurs starting to open back up. But in the gym with training, you know, we have to wear our mask. You have to uh, close down the gym a few days a week to get that extra cleaning in there. Um, everyone needs to spray down their equipment. It's, you know, it's a different lifestyle, but you know what? It also teaches responsibility in a positive way. You know, I'm the only female there. So I I take on that motherly role where I'm like cleaning. I'm like, Hey, you know, pick up after yourself. So it teaches these guys a little responsibility. You know, I'm not there to pick up after them and we all need to stay safe. Somebody needs to tell them that, right? I, I, I mean, multiple times I've had to say it, but they'll learn eventually, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have any spites scheduled coming up? I actually do, yeah. Okay. I, I um, April 24th, we um, 
signed up for a fight in Alabama. No kidding. And yeah, so it's a it's a free event. So we signed up, hoping to get matched up, and uh, go from there. So I've been training hard. I'm back on weight and just ready to go. I'm ready to fight again. So do you and your trainer and the whole crew all go down to Alabama then? So uh, yeah, so it's just going to be me and my two coaches as of now. Um, you know, we're going to fundraise. We're going to do what we have to do to get there. Um, you know. Other people are able to go if they're ready to fight. Like our coach always says, if you're not ready to fight, they're not going to put you in the ring because box, you know, boxing's not a game. We don't play boxing. Right. You know, your life's at risk. So, yeah. hmm. uh, how much do you think about that when you get in the ring? Um. So in the beginning, you know, I was I was constantly hearing that phrase is we don't play boxing. And me, I'd get in the ring, you know, put on my headgear, I'm ready to go, my protective equipment. And then I'll never forget my first fight I ever had, which was Golden Gloves. Um, the doctor did the physical, everything, and then they handed me a piece of paper and they said, you need to sign this. So I started reading it and they're like, we're not responsible for any injuries in the ring and even death. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm signing my life away. Like, you know, uh -huh. so they, they make it clear, like you're, you know, so, and then also, um, you know, that opened my eyes is I, I have a little girl who needs me. I need to make sure that I come home every single night to her. Um, so even if we have sparring in the gym, I take it serious. Like mm. there's some people out there who, who want to end your career, who are there to be malicious, but then you also have the other ones who it's just business, nothing personal. <laughs> <laughs> How is it for you? Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I always say hit how you want to get hit. So, you know, we get in the ring and we're supposed to just be working and you, you crack me hard. I'm going to give it right back. We're going to step <laughs> up the level. Um, but like I said, you get in the ring. It's not personal. It's business. Um, it may be personal towards the two losses I had right now, but mm -hmm. you know, I'll get that revenge eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so the difference between you and somebody like me who would just, uh, you know, get into a slap fight with somebody who was attacking me is that you can knock them out, right? You really know how to protect yourself and um, take it back to them. Yeah, I do. Um, in a sense, I, you know, I'm trained by a professional and that's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. You know, it's actually humbled me a lot. Um, you know, growing up, I I was raised, you know, with the respect, you know, responsibility, be independent. Uh, I never really got into fights. I never was that type of person. Mm -hmm. And now I was, you know, my coaches kind of sat me down and said, because you're a like trained by professionals, you get in trouble on the street, you're going to get the book thrown at you. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's a big thing. So I've become humble. And, you know, I don't I don't really go in areas that are going to get me in trouble. Um, I've been on the right path. Plus, um, a lot of people look up to me, which I never really noticed until hmm. now. It's, you know, I, I didn't realize how many little kids come in the gym, even adults, like parents come in, they'll just sit and watch. And it's, it's a game changer. You know, your coaches are like, did you see that they gave you a good compliment? I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, I didn't see it, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's just about, um, you know, staying on that right path. You never want to be that person who, uh, is in the papers for the wrong reason. Right. And uh, you tell everybody you're a Westcon graduate, right? Yes, I, I do. You know, I don't I don't look as Westcon as a bad a bad place, you know. The education there was amazing. Um, you know, I think 
a lot of uh, a lot of people are like, oh, you go to a state school, blah blah blah. You're in town. You're in Danbury, but you know, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't do anything different. I really love my professors. They were there for me. You know, if I needed help, they they took the sacrifice, stayed after. Um, especially with our study hall with softball, if I was messing up in a class, Coach Stone was the first one to get that call. And then, of course, you know me, I was moss, you know, had to sit down, do her homework, you know, give that extra little push. I had to work for everything really hard for what I accomplished. So education was never easy to me. So, Mm -hmm. but I, but I did it, you know, I, I reached goals. I, I went above and beyond, you know, I made Dean's list a few times. So it was definitely, uh, definitely an accomplishment. Yeah. You were successful. Yep. So is your ring name Stephanie the Boss Moss? <laughs> so me personally, I am just someone who just wants to be known as Steph Moss or Moss. But everyone in the gym, especially AJ, they always have to, you know, burn, you know, light that fire. So they always call me Moss the Boss. They're like, that's gonna be your, your name when you turn pro. I'm like, no, I'm like, just just no. Like stop. I don't wanna be out there. You know, I'm I'm the type where I like to stay quiet. I don't oh. like to be well known. Um, so it's you know, I like to just let my skill show who I am rather than but I mean, you know, we're all a comedy act, you know, we get along. So it's it's just a little funny thing. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, that's great. Well, and we're gonna call you that on the podcast too, okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate you coming in. And when's your next fight? So uh, it's April 24th um, in Alabama. All right. So it's not going to be on um, ESPN or anything. No, nothing yet. Not until I uh, sign a contract to become pro. Hopefully, uh, you know, if everything goes as planned, we're planning by the end of the year to sign maybe. And uh know get paid a little bit for uh the sport and continue my love for it and wow that'll be great yeah so uh we'll follow you and um all your wins and everything and we'll have you back on okay all right i appreciate your time thank you so much and good luck with everything thank you i appreciate it thanks steph I just took my kids to get ice cream yesterday. Really? Because it was when I picked nice. him up. Nice. It was from, nice. Yeah. It was really nice. I picked my son up off the bus, and uh, we went down to get some ice cream because he got off the bus and he's like pulling his hat and his jacket before we were even getting down the driveway. He's like freaking <laughs> out because it was so nice out. So we went to get ice cream and they had a blast. Um, Totally don't get it. My daughter was like trying to eat her ice cream through the mask and stuff. It was really funny. <laughs> so I was like trying to get them to wait till we got outside so they could take their masks off. And but it was nice. They had a lot of fun. And then I think it sunk in with my son because he finished his Italian ice and kind of looked up at me with this blue tongue and lips and teeth and everything and kind of shaking. He's like, I want to go to the car. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's uh, it's weird out there. Yeah, it was 18 degrees the other day, and yesterday we had ice cream. So right, and Monday I guess it's going to be 60. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe the ice in my driveway will finally melt. <laughs> I can <laughs> that get would it be in nice, out of my car it? now. <laughs> I guess on Wednesday it'll be 60. Yeah. Well, we should uh, harass Gary and ask him. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah.
Speaking of which. Are you all ready, Gary? Yes, I'm just replying to the public's emails oh. <laughs> for weather requests. Your adoring fans. <laughs> Pretty much. Really? People email you directly? Oh, yeah, all the time. That's <laughs> if they don't call me. Wow. Just to find out if it's sunny outside? If it's going to be sunny, ideas for my story in the Hartford Current every day. <laughs> I never would have thought that. That's so funny. It's like my wife's a nurse, and everybody calls her to ask her medical stuff, but I never would have thought about meteorologists getting calls. That's funny. And then the texting, you know, it's like every 20 minutes is the snow changed. We fell three to six inches. What? That's so, I love so that. entitled. <laughs> you should uh, start putting a meter on it. Yeah, You'll be rich. I'd be retired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's your ticket out of here, Gary. So, Gary, what the heck is going on with the weather? Well, certainly had a nice winter, I think. We started off pretty mild. Yes. But unfortunately, things changed once we got into February. Yes. The polar vortex, uh, that dirty little word, set the cold air down into the eastern United States and all of a sudden, we had snow Armageddon. You know, we were basically just dry, open land for much of December and January. It kind of felt like late fall. Mm -hmm. Once the snow came, we got into a deep snowpack, and we just couldn't get it to melt. It's, here we are, the 3rd of March, and there's still a minor accumulation, but finally it's beginning to move away and melt, so... We are seeing signs that March is going to be a better month. Yeah. Especially like cold. February was tough, though, it seemed like. I mean, you know, winter's winter in Connecticut, but it was, we were getting pounded every few days with at least a small snowstorm. And like you said, the weather, the snow was piling up, and that has an effect on how we feel, too, right? Or how cold it seems when there's snow covering the ground for several days in a row. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, snowfall in Danbury during February was 35.6 inches. Wow. Which, of course, is three feet. So that's very significant. And the normal is only a foot. Oh. So it was pretty substantial. So far this year, we've had 57 inches. So we're already about a foot above normal. Mm -hmm. Of course, we still have probably at least another 30 days to be concerned with a snowstorm. And then maybe another 60 days for any snow in the air. Uh -huh. Some late day snow showers or flurries. But I think we finally turned the corner. The worst of winter is definitely over. Yeah, that's good to know. No more snowmageddons or uh, polar vortexes for the rest of the, the year? There is some signs of colder air once we get past the 15th of the month. The question is, is it going to get to us? Yeah. Uh -huh going to be building up over Western Canada. And for now, the models are indicating that we're going to get a little ridge along the East Coast. And that would prevent that colder air from working into Connecticut. Mm -hmm. However, if this ridge doesn't develop or suddenly crashes, then that's going to allow all the Arctic air to settle right into the Northeast. And we'll be back to where we were in February, at least with the snow certainly won't be as cold as it was. And certainly the winds, the howling winds that we had Monday night, 
You know, we had sustained winds of 25 to 30 miles per hour, gusts in the state to 58 miles per hour. Uh, over in Massachusetts, there were gusts over Hurricane Force, Provincetown, 76 miles per hour, Oof. Mount Tom, 78. You know, 20,000 power outages here in Connecticut. It was a very big wind event. And unfortunately, when you get these extreme cold outbreaks, the wind comes along with it, and unfortunately, the power outages as well. Sure. Hmm. So you're basically saying uh, we're out of the woods. We can put on the sun lotion and uh, bathing suits and head to the beach. As long as we're in Florida, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we, sh we should be a little above normal. But it's not going to certainly be that warm. Although I do have neighbors that through this cold and snow, twice a week, we're down to Hammond Acid on the beach. Wow. I mean, they are diehard beach lovers. <laughs> it's one thing to love the beach, but it's more like um, they're ice pack lovers during uh, February. Yeah, they, they have to be. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. They kept telling me, you want to come? You want to come? <laughs> I got better things to do, like stay inside where it's a little warmer. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, sunrise is earlier every day a little bit, and the sunset is later. Isn't that right Right now? Absolutely, yeah. Right now, the sunrise is about 6.20 in the morning, sunset 5.47. By the end of the month, of course, we set the clocks forward. So we will be doing that on the 14th. So as of the 14th, it'll be almost 7 o'clock for sunset. Hmm. Not about you, but that's my official end of winter. If I can <laughs> be outside with sunshine to 7 o'clock, who cares yeah. what happens in the weather? I and mean, we could have five feet of snow at that point. It's I agree with you. You're, so you're an optimist. Absolutely. Although I'm a pessimist in the fall. <laughs> I don't like setting the clocks back. If it were my idea, we should set the clocks forward two hours in the fall. Yeah, you're right. That's a great idea. Clock, 10 o'clock. You know, right. At that point, who cares? You got to go to work. You got to go to school. So let's enjoy the sun once we get out of work and school. Huh. I like that idea. Let's start a campaign, Pete. We'll call it the lesser effect. Less depression. <laughs> or the greater lesser effect or something like that Probably we'll come up with a good one disorders i think it would help correct it pretty quickly yeah you're right wow you know a lot more than uh just about weather which is a lot to know but uh i guess you've thought about all aspects of it pretty much uh, i've been asked the questions <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate everything you do here at WestCon for the meteorology program and the uh, all of us here when we have weather questions and all your fans out in the rest of the world who call you and uh, know they can count on you. It's great to have the people out there and knowing that they're listening and love to provide the latest, greatest information to have them prepared. Yeah. And you're, uh, if you can't uh, somehow get into WestCon, you can find Gary uh, at WLAD every like eight minutes or something, right? Yeah, it seems to be. Eight, <laughs> yeah. 
Excellent. That's 800 on the AM dial, and there's a bunch of FM stations, too, that you're on, I think, So with uh, that same radio group. And uh, that's always good to hear. So thanks for joining us today, Gary. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Paul. All right. We'll have you back soon. Thanks. You want to talk COVID again, huh? You're not, you're not sick of it yet? I am a little sick. Everybody's sick of it. But uh, is there something, something big? I don't know. Did we mention last week that Litchfield Hall had a Oh, yeah. We talked episode. about the lockdown. Yeah. It's still locked down. Okay. Because we're having more. We, you know, they're testing everybody every two or three days. And over the weekend, they were hoping that we would see a decline in positive cases, and instead it went the other way. Oh, boy. So, you know, everybody wants to get out of the dorm there, but we aren't letting them because uh, there's like a 10% positivity rate, maybe even be a little higher now. So we're continuing the testing and continuing to send food to everybody there. And uh, they're getting antsy. Some of the parents are getting antsy. Some guy literally in North Carolina saw a tweet or something about how we were quarantining everybody in Litchfield Hall. He doesn't have a student here, but he called and was all getting up in my grill about how <laughs> we couldn't do this. We're um, violating, they're violating their uh, right to happiness by quarantining these kids. We need to let them out. So I referred him to our police chief. Okay. Just a guy from North Carolina who... Who's heard about us. Okay. That's good to know people care, I guess. I know they care. He sounded like he was wearing his antlers. Oh, boy. One of those. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Um, All right. So Litchfield is... Still locked down. Yeah. Everybody else is uh, doing pretty well. We are, the cases are low on the rest of the campus. People are getting tested. So we're pretty happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, my wife's nursing home is totally negative, I think, for the first time, you know, in over wow. a year. So that's good. Yeah. Anything else going on on campus? Let's see. I'm looking up this thing. Um... The WOW? Are you looking at your... Uh... I am looking at the WCSU app to find out what's going on. My WCSU. I didn't look at that. I looked online. It looks like we're gearing up to let spring sports have a have a season. Ooh, yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, as long as the snow melts and the baseball softball field isn't too soggy, we'll be uh, have people out there. You will not be able to watch them though because we aren't allowing spectators. Okay. But there will be more coming on that pretty soon, as soon as we uh, figure out all the details. And two of our students here at WestCon are testifying before the Legislative Appropriations Committee today by Zoom, talking about how great WestCon is. It's uh, part of something the legislature does every year. They invite students at all the state universities and colleges to come up and talk about their experiences so the Appropriations com- Committee can decide how much money to give us each year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's actually going to be on YouTube as well. YouTube Live. 
fascinating. Yeah. And uh, this, the pod I'll probably post after the uh, that happens, but you can I'm sure it'll be uh, posted up there. Go to Connecticut Legislative Appropriations Committee, and you can see our students. Cool. Yeah. But I think that is about it. Uh, any word on commencement? Has anything become official or not from what you said last N- time? No, nothing official. Okay. And um, we're still hashing that out, too. The reason is Eastern Connecticut State does not want to have a live um, on-campus commencement because they don't have a good space for it, which is true. So they're worried, concerned that if the other three universities have in-person commencements on campus, that people will be feel slighted at Eastern, which they probably will. Of course... We don't care that much about what they feel at Eastern. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but I was going to say, well, that's kind of how it goes, right? That's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> no, Is that we an official care, statement care, from yeah. the uh, PR? No, okay. I'm speaking as, uh, for Paul Steinmetz only, okay. in case any administrators are listening. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're hoping, we're, uh, but nothing's official. Right. We'll have more on that soon. Very. So, all is good at Western Connecticut State University. So, I'm Paul Steinmetz, here with Pete Puccio. Tune in next week for another edition of At WCSU. At WCSU is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Folby. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at WCSU Media and on the university's Facebook and Twitter pages. And feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at WCSU.edu. Thanks for listening.